0: Welcome to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery podcast where we share tips, information, and success stories about a revolutionary treatment for alcohol use disorder called the Sinclair Method, or TSM. TSM can help most people reduce rather than abstain from alcohol by addressing the root cause of problem drinking, which is inside the brain. I'm your host, Katie Lane, Sinclair Method success story and co-founder of Thrive Alcohol Recovery, where we help you find freedom from problem drinking using this approach so that you can live your best life. Let's dive into today's episode. So Joe, can you begin, I guess, by telling us just how long you have been on the Sinclair Method? Um, and in general, how has it been going for you so far?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been on the Sinclair method since November like twenty second or so of two thousand nineteen. Uh, pretty good so far. I noticed changes pretty much right away from the first time I took it. It's just been different. Um, I feel like I was on a trajectory a downhill trajectory um, seeking a way for to stop that basically and uh, TSM came and you know I feel like things have only turned around for me since I've started TSM.
0: So tell us a little bit about your drinking before the Sinclair Method you know what were your patterns right before you started and what was your kind of history with alcohol um, throughout your life?
1: Uh, My drinking patterns have changed a lot uh, over my life I would say So um, I started drinking when I was 16 years old, and uh, right away I took to it, and it just continued to get worse and worse, and I was heavily drinking from the time I was probably 19, 20, uh, and it got really bad to the, you know, in my early 20s, the mid-20s, and so bad to the point where I had to, was trying to find a way to quit. So I ended up uh, going to AA and uh, I was in and out of AA for many years. And I ended up uh, quitting for four years. Um, But during that time, my drinking, it would, you know, I was able to drink and go maybe a week or two <clears throat> without drinking. and But it, it slowly progressed to the point where I was drinking every single night. And uh, so that was probably back in 2010. And then I quit for a while. And so my drinking, I picked it back up probably in 2016 or so. Uh, it was almost like I was like a new drinker again, where I could like drink once a month or once every two weeks and it's weird it slowly progressed to the point where I I was at uh when I started TSM and so <clears throat> just pre-TSM I'd say my drinking was uh like a binge drinking level so I was drinking two to three to four times a week it just really depend on how long I could white knuckle it really I was kind of in that white knuckling phase where I was definitely drinking one to two times a week, but sometimes I could hang on and not drink till the weekends. And that was slowly progressing. And, and how I was drinking too was definitely 12 to 15 drinks, I would say, uh, per drinking session. So, and I was the evening drinker. I would drink in the evenings and then I'd be good. Like in the mornings, I I'd go to sleep and but as soon as that evening time hit that was like when I would just the cravings would hit me and that's really what you know uh the cravings in between drinking is what really I struggled with big time so
0: you mentioned earlier that you noticed a difference right away with the Sinclair method and it started working right away can you say more about that kind of some of you know, some of the things you maybe noticed as soon as you got started on the medication and the changes you started to see from the person and the drinking patterns you had before the Sinclair Method, just so people have a sense of like what your experience was specifically.
1: Yeah. So for the, from the first time I tried the Sinclair Method, uh, the first time I took the pill, I was drinking beer at the time, right away noticed that it tasted different and it felt different. And normally I'd probably drink at least, you know, uh twelve beers, maybe ten to fifteen. And I I got to that fourth beer and you know, I was in my normal routine and I was like feeling different. I was I got sleepy right away and I cracked open that fifth one and I, I just couldn't finish it. I didn't even feel like drinking it. So I just left it on the counter and uh next morning my wife poured it out and that's that was my first experience.
0: Wow, that's crazy. I'm curious as we're filming this we're in the middle of coronavirus and the lockdown and everything and I know you said your drinking has changed a lot since you started so kind of what is your drinking behavior like now compared to what it was before the Sinclair Method like how often are you drinking? How much are you drinking? Are you having any binge sessions or uncontrollable drinking? And then also has the coronavirus and the lockdown uh, caused you to drink more or been a hindrance at all?
1: I would say that right now I'm drinking, definitely drinking way less than what I was pre-TSM. But the biggest, I would say the one of the biggest things I've noticed is the cravings for alcohol. I really don't get huge cravings anymore. Normally it'd be like drink one day and then start feeling the cravings the next night and if I don't drink just feeling them cravings all week long like to drink in the evenings after work or whenever you know and I I really don't get those cravings anymore and my drinking's definitely changed and slowed down because I you know I was drinking several times a week before TSM and that's slowly decreased to the point where now I'm drinking maybe once a week maybe sometimes twice a week and uh, I haven't drank more than like six drinks in probably like three months or so since like wow. March. Each time I drink, it's usually less than six drinks. Uh, occasionally, I'll get to that six drink mark. But if I do, it's uh, I usually stop after once I hit that mark. I, I did see a little bit of an increase in my drinking in May. I think April is when uh, I only drink like three times in April. But May, I kind, I, I did have a um, a family member pass away in May, and she was really close to me, my cousin. I think I feel like I kind of used that as an excuse to drink a little bit. I didn't. It's I still didn't like go overboard and do uncontrolled drinking or anything. And, and I was totally compliant. I definitely. Just saw like you know instead of drinking once a week I was drinking twice a week every weekend and I was drinking um up to like that six drink mark Uh, but as far as the coronavirus goes I feel like I've gotten better like I, I mean I see people saying how you know things have gotten worse for them and they're drinking uh way more now and I know that's the case for a lot of people that aren't even on TSM too but for me I feel like my life has just gotten like way better on uh, during the coronavirus, you know, and and I feel like I just owe that to TSM.
0: That's awesome. So are there like, you know, obviously you had to change your habits and coping mechanisms and things that you do in the evenings when you're stressed out or you just want to have a relaxing evening. Obviously you had to change all of these habits and patterns because you're not drinking to the extent that you used to. So Has that been challenging for you or can you speak a little bit to that? Like, you know, what has changed as far as your behavior and habits and coping or tools you use um, now compared to pre Sinclair method?
1: Honestly, I feel like uh, the Sinclair method in regards to my habits and changes, I feel like everything's kind of been a natural progression for me. Like, I I just follow the suggestions that, uh, like, you and other TSM people, the book, uh, suggests, you know, like, take my pill. And I I just feel like it's kind of been a natural progression. Like, it's, like like I said, the biggest thing, taking away those cravings. And so uh, I get home, like, I think the biggest thing would be I get home after work and want to have a drink. Now I I, I get home and I, I just don't take a drink, but I I still kind of like do the things I did when I was drinking, like just to relax. And I've thrown in, you know, uh, working out and things like that. There, there are times I feel like where I was getting into uh, maybe like a habitual drinking thing. And uh, I had to kind of take a look at that, you know, kind of make a decision not to, to try to slow down on the habitual drinking. So finding other outlets um like working out and uh you know playing video games or doing something that i I like other than that uh habitual drinking
0: that's awesome yeah i know you talk about the the cravings i feel like that was for me too just getting the cravings out of my mind it changed everything it allowed me to have some space inside my head to think about anything else other than alcohol so I, i feel like that's huge for what this method offers um I know you and I have talked kind of throughout your method and I know that you've had other bad habits you wanted to break alongside the heavy drinking. I know like you had issues with, um, gambling, um, and other things. How is that going for you as you're kind of like changing your relationship to alcohol? Or are you changing other kind of bad habits or behaviors as well?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I would say, well, as far as the, the gambling thing, I used to just like to go to the bar and, uh, you know play video poker while I drink and I think they you know I'd get to a point where I drank so much it's like I don't care how much I lose or yeah. I don't care how much I win and you know I end up losing a couple hundred bucks gambling and uh well just because of the coronavirus I haven't been able to do that but Even prior to that, you know, I was it's almost like I just uh, didn't like it's changed my drinking. And so it's like I'm I kind of like I'm losing interest in in drinking and uh, I've even lost interest in like going out to the bar and things like that. And so, you know, I just uh, the gambling thing is definitely slowed down and uh, other bad habits as well, like overeating. I would say I would say prior to TSM, I, I was just in this like this circle of like 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 I was trapped in this circle where, you know, I'd get motivated and I'd be like, look, I, I gotta change my life. I gotta I, I need to stop drinking. Stop. <clears throat> I need to stop drinking. I need to stop gambling. I need to start working out, and living a healthier lifestyle, and eat healthy and all that good stuff. And uh, I would I would start doing that and. I would get maybe like a week in and like the cravings for alcohol would just hit me and I would, you know, try to fight them and I, I couldn't, it got to a point where I would just drink, you know? And, and then once I drink too, I feel like food kind of goes hand in hand with me, um, overeating. So I like to drink, you know, eat a bunch of food and then drink more and, uh, that's always kind of been a struggle for me drinking and eating food and TSM has allowed me to, uh, e- even, even today, I would say if I were to drink on TSM, there's still that part of me that wants to just eat as well. So overeat, even, even if I were to just have like a couple beers on TSM, I mean, it's still a struggle, but I've definitely saw since November, I would say I've lost like 30 pounds. I've, Whoa. I've definitely, I'm out of this, uh, I feel like I'm out of that cycle, that negative cycle. So it's where like I get really positive and motivated. And then I, I drink because I cave to the, the cravings and then I feel bad the next day. Cause I, I like, you know, uh, smashed all that progress that I had for the week or feel like I, I ruined that progress. And then being like, oh, what's the point of working out? And, you know, if I, I can't even control these cravings and this drinking, like, why, why am I? There's no point to me even trying. So I gave up. And then I just drink more and eat more. And, and then maybe another week or two goes by and I decide I need, I need to try again. And it's just that cycle of doing that and not going nowhere. Well, I feel like with TSM, I was able to put a stop to that cycle and uh, get out of it. I mean, it's, it's definitely still a struggle. Like, um, today, I I work out like three to four times a week. And I eat healthy, probably 80 to 90% of the time, you know, and just watching my calorie intake and not drinking as much. And I don't. So now it's like, I don't drink to that point where I just completely binge out and decide and then feel bad the next day. And Say oh well screw it uh, I I messed up last night so now I I, I might as well just give up like I, there's I don't do that anymore so it's like I I just keep going with the progress and you know there are times when like I said like maybe eat more that day than I wanted to or you know I didn't reach the goal that I wanted to for the day but the next day I'm like I'm I just think like well that's fine that's okay you know like um, take a day off and. There's always like tomorrow, and uh, you know we'll get back on this tomorrow, and uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. And uh, things are definitely have gotten better because of that.
0: Well, that's amazing to hear. I know, like getting like binge drinking out of the equation, it just uh, like you have much more room to kind of like have those days where you eat junk food or do whatever because you can get back on the horse without feeling like hungover or shameful. It's just a different experience. And I know for me, I kind of used food, as I got off alcohol, I kind of used food as a coping mechanism. So there was a period of time where I was like, you know, using food in place of alcohol, and I had to look at that. So I think it's really awesome that you're kind of tackling this um alongside or, or with your drinking. Um Yeah,
1: I, I would definitely say, you know, I, uh I, most of my life, I've kind of like felt bad about myself, you know, so it's like, Having no self-esteem, I always kind of just, and I I use food and gambling and alcohol all to basically try to feel better about myself. But in reality, it just makes me feel worse the next day trying to stop that cycle. And now I'm able to, you know, work on that and uh, be more positive, uh, not feel bad. And that's what TSM has kind of taught me too, is it's like a more loving way of doing things. So say I overeat, or I I have a drinking session, like, I can tell myself, you know, I don't need to feel bad about that. You know, I can keep going as far as my progress goes. I don't have to give up.
0: Yeah, there was a C.S. Lewis quote I saw recently where he said something like, I sometimes w- wonder whether all pleasures are not substitutes for joy. And I was like, whoa, that just hit me because Drinking was kind of a temporary pleasure or numbing thing or overeating, but it's kind of an exchange for feeling true lasting joy in the future. So I was like, huh, that's that's an interesting quote to contemplate. I want to ask you kind of go back a little bit because um, I know we've talked about your childhood a lot and how your upbringing impacted your alcohol use disorder. And I think that's true for most, if not all, people who struggle with alcohol dependence. So I wanted to just see if you wanted to talk to that, you know, how would you say that your past or your childhood experiences influenced your problems with alcohol?
1: Well, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home and I had a very dysfunctional family. I would say I don't really know if, you know, um well I, I'm Native American, so I, I feel like a lot of Native Americans definitely struggle with alcohol. And I don't know if that has to do with uh being in my genes or whatever, but definitely the family aspect. Uh I remember the first time four years old growing up. I had some positive memories, you know, but at the same time there's a lot of negative stuff too you know like seeing my parents drink and my parents use my dad you know he would uh, he would abuse my mom when he when i was like 4 and i remember you know seeing him beat my mom up and things like that and uh my my little brother's crying in the next room and me having to you know comfort them and my my older brother you know him being 13 or 14 not being able to do anything about it either you know, I I, I just uh, throughout my life thought about that sort of stuff that I seen as a child, and you know, my mom also using drinking drinking alcohol, and she would as we got older, you know, she would leave us at home, and uh, she'd be gone for like two or three days at a time sometimes, and uh, you know, I was like maybe ten years old and not knowing if she was dead or alive or if she would ever come back. You know, like oh just imagine leaving a Ten-year-old at home for three days, and he's got to lead, you know—protect uh, his little brothers and feed them. And I think that deeply affected me as well, you know. And it—I feel like it really affected uh, my relationships, in particular, as I got older. You know, my father too. You know, using him drinking and using. And um, as we got older, he would you know, offer us alcohol and marijuana and things like that. But when he was sober, that stuff was like off limits. But when he started using it, he would always offer it to us. And so I never understood that when I was younger. You know, it's just very, a very dysfunctional family. But at the same time, I feel like my parents, they did the best they could with the tools they had. And, And even in that, you know, I have three kids of my own. Like I've learned from that, you know. It's like, I, I don't ever want to do that stuff to my kids, you know, that, that happened to me. And, you know, there was, there was even, there was a lot of stuff that happened, you know, like that. But um, I would say, you know, it, it's it's just, uh, it was a struggle, especially in my younger 20s, you know, um, taking a look at all that stuff, you know, looking at my parents and where they came from and, you know, realizing that, you know, no, nobody's perfect. And, and, but at the same time, I don't need to use that stuff as an excuse to drink and, be a shitty person basically you know it's been a struggle you know and things have gotten better for sure as far as uh, you know me looking at that stuff and because I, I feel like when I was younger when I was 18 19 20 my younger 20s I was a very like angry person and I was I feel like I almost had PTSD because my father was a violent person as well. It, I feel like all that stuff really affected me, especially when I moved out of home and I had to learn to be a different person, basically. Like I, I had, I feel like I just drank heavily. I used drugs heavily in my tw- younger 20s. And then when when I found AA, it really was, AA, you know, it, it did help me a lot. It helped me, you know, look at myself and, and all that stuff. And um, so, the, you know, the first time I got sober, it it definitely helped me for sure.
0: No, that that's great. And I really appreciate you for sharing because I think that, for like, it sounds like you've been healing that trauma and PTSD for a while now. It's not like you're just now facing it as you started on the Sinclair method. Because I think for people, including myself, when I was getting sober, it's like I never really looked at that stuff before. And so, um, for some, it can kind of cause them to be stuck in that habit of drinking, or you know they're on the Sinclair method; it's working for them, yet they continue to drink every day, and they're not sure why. And I think it's because these things really start to surface and come to our awareness, and we need to really heal them in some sense. And so it's it's good to hear from you because I think you know we all have our challenging stories and. Yours is no exception. Like that sounds awful for a young child to go through, and for you to be changing that in your own parenting style and um, kind of moving on from it and becoming better because of it. It's uh, it's really empowering because I think alcohol and especially alcohol use disorder can cause us to just fall victim to it and continue to sabotage and abuse ourselves through the alcohol because we feel like that's what we deserve. Um, and it's just it's exciting to hear you say that you're kind of. Um, growing in spite of it or, you know, letting go of alcohol in spite of all of that.
1: I definitely would use that as a means for drinking when I was younger. I would, uh, you know, be very angry and drink and just think, oh, I'm the victim. And, uh, you know, I I had this shitty lifestyle and screw the world. I could never maintain a relationship because uh, of my anger and my self-hatred. And uh, among other things, you know, I had to really learn to look at all that, learn to start loving myself, basically. And TSM's definitely helped, <laughs>
0: helping. Yeah, it does. So I want to ask you, um, is there anything about TSM that surprised you that you weren't expecting when you got on the method?
1: Now, Trexone and TSM, it surprised me in itself when you, like, because I didn't know that this existed. I was like, it's almost like looking at a new technology or something. And like, yeah. I, I didn't know that like you could take a pill and it would help you stop drinking. Like I had no idea that like this had been out. It definitely and and the effects of it. Like from the first time I drank, like I was surprised that it worked so well for me. That it actually worked. I suppose that was like the biggest surprising thing.
0: So Joe, tell us about your experience with drinking hard alcohol on this method. I know you're a beer drinker, but you're also drinking hard alcohol. And just from speaking with you throughout your process, I know it was kind of impacting your progress. So can you speak a little bit about what it was like when you would incorporate hard alcohol into the Sinclair method?
1: Uh, Definitely. I would say, well, I've always been a beer drinker and I used to drink really like drinking IPAs. I got to a point in my in the Sinclair method where I basically just couldn't stand the taste of an IPA anymore. It just, it was disgusting. I would take a sip I'd, I'd and I'd purposely try to just down them, you know, plug my nose and drink it. And I still would uh, feel like throwing up, you know, so I quit drinking IPAs, and I started drinking just, like, Coors Light or light beer, and I and I thought, like, well, maybe it was just uh, that taste or something, and uh, maybe, and then I, I also tried, like, hard, drinking hard alcohol, and uh, it was also disgusting. I, I, I could barely stand the taste of drinking it. So I, I thought, like, well, maybe if I just bought a very expensive liquor, it will taste better, and... I'll be able to drink it and uh, I'll I'll be fine uh, drinking it like that. So I ended up buying like a $90 bottle of whiskey. And I remember taking that first shot and like, just almost throwing up just because it, it didn't, because it was expensive, it didn't change the taste. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I had this $90 bottle of whiskey. So I I started, I decided I, you know, I didn't want to let it go to waste. So I, I I would pour myself a shot, you know, when I got home and I would literally take an hour just sipping on this uh, whiskey. One shot would just sit there and I would just take sips off it. That's sometimes I would have two a night and it would take me like two hours, but I wouldn't just down them all at once. And I know they say that to not go to hard alcohol or to change it up i kind of feel like i i went the other way a little bit um just trying different things and that it it seemed to work for me i mean i didn't i i, I wasn't just downing fifths of liquor you know i was drinking uh controlled you know a, a shot at a time over the course of an hour maybe a couple over the course of two hours
0: yeah and Where I see hard alcohol becoming troublesome is when someone is doing like the shot after shot, or they're downing it really quickly. But with what you're doing, you know, sipping on it very slowly, or if I see people make a really tall mixed drink, it can be less problematic. So that's, that's really interesting. You were just repulsed from Essentially, all types of alcohol. When you first got started on naltrexone, did you start with the Sinclair method right away, meaning taking a targeted dose one hour before drinking, or how were you taking the naltrexone?
1: Oh, yeah. So, my doctor, uh, so I was, this was probably back in like late 2018. I went to the doctor and I was just at another low point with my drinking, another low point of several. And I went to my primary care and I was like, I started crying to him and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm drinking heavy and I I can't stop and I'm trying to quit. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, he's like, okay, okay, we'll figure this out. He's like, um, he's like, I'm going to prescribe you naltrexone and you take one a day, it'll help with the cravings. So I was like, Cool. Uh, I got hopeful, and I started taking the naltrexone every single day. Things got better. Uh, I think cravings got less, but I started developing these side effects, like uh, from taking the naltrexone every day. I just, I, I had frequent urination, like all day long, and I was, I was waking up like four or five times a night just to, to have to go pee. And uh, I was getting headaches, and I, I didn't know what was going on, but. I was taking the naltrexone every day and I wasn't drinking. And I got about six months of that. So I was like six months sober. But it was at at about the third month mark where I quit taking the naltrexone because the side effects got so bad, the headaches and the frequent urination. I just quit taking the naltrexone. And three months went by and uh, I I got those cravings again and I decided to drink again basically I, I went right back oh I also I got to the point to after so after the three months where I was like well maybe I'll just drink but I'll take the naltrexone on days I don't drink so it was like backwards so I was I was drinking one day and then i would be like okay maybe I don't want to drink today so I'll take a naltrexone so I would take a naltrexone and it was completely backwards and that really didn't work very well. I ended up just completely stopping the now truck zone altogether, just back to my old cycle. It got up until like November of two thousand nineteen to where I was at another low point and I was like, Man, I gotta figure something out. Like I'm drinking too much and I'm on this downward spiral. I don't know what to do and so I really wanna quit. And so I just I didn't know what to do. I didn't, you know, and I had already had experience with AA. I didn't want to go back to AA and do a meeting every day. And so I just typed into the search bar of YouTube, how to quit drinking. I think a bunch of videos popped up. I was watching all these different videos and then I seen Embody daily. And I was like, TSM, naltrexone. I was like, I've, I got naltrexone. What is that? And I watched the video on it and I was like, huh, how come I've never heard of this before? I was like, maybe I should try that because maybe that would limit the side effects as well. Cause it's not like I'm drinking every day. I'm more in a binge phase right now. So maybe I could just take naltrexone on the days I don't drink. So I went back to my primary care, told him about TSM and that I wanted to try it. And he was like, yeah, I'm all for it. Do it. That was that. I ended up trying it and uh this is where i'm at today
0: that's awesome i'm so glad you stumbled upon the sinclair method i hear that you know sometimes somewhat regularly from people who their doctors prescribe it with abstinence or to help with cravings and they just accidentally find the sinclair method and it's it's really like life-changing compared to just taking it um, daily so you were talking about the side effects you had when you were taking it every day what were the side effects like or did you have them when you transitioned to just taking it in the targeted dose one hour before drinking?
1: Yes, yeah, so I remember when I first took naltrexone before TSM, so back, in, back when the doctor prescribed it the first time, I would also get these side effects of intense anxiety. Like my mind would just start racing and I would just like almost feel like I was having a little mini breakdown inside. And then uh, when I decided to try TSM, you know, the, I remember taking the pill and I'm thinking like, I'm going to feel that again. And that, but that went away eventually. But the second round I started taking TSM, it, it wasn't like anxiety. It was more like this excitement like almost like I was high. And it was such a weird feeling. Uh, maybe it was my perspective on the feeling, but I was like excited and I was like, all right, I get to drink on TS on uh, Naltrexone and try TSM. And strangely enough, the side effects weren't there when I was drinking. Like it, it changed completely. Maybe it's cause I was taking the Naltrexone every day without alcohol or something. But now when I take a Naltrexone, I don't even feel anything. And, uh, it, just, it doesn't have to make me – it doesn't make me uh, have the frequent urination or the headaches. Yeah, it's they seem to have just gone away so far. Well,
0: that's great to hear. So, Joe, do you want to share a little bit about the history your family has and the loss you've had in your family because of alcohol and drug use?
1: There's definitely – been you know alcohol and drug use in my family and there's an extensive history with it i recently you know within the last couple years have had two brothers uh pass away because of drinking they were my older brothers in their 40s and my one brother passed he died just last year he basically drank himself to death he got an ulcer from drinking i believe it was an ulcer and uh, basically bled to death from the inside And they ended up finding him. And my other brother, he uh, killed himself while he was drinking um, and high. And he ended up uh, basically showed up at his family's house. And my nephew tried to stop him from killing himself. And he just did it anyway. You know, I, I think about those two guys. And, you know, I grew up with them. And I wonder if TSM could have helped them. Um, because you know it's it's just helped me so much, and and just thinking about them and like like how I could be in that situation as well. I've had some dark times in my life, you know, where I've I've been suicidal before, and I've wanted to drink myself to death, and and I've had so many family, not just my brothers, die from alcohol. I, I just wonder if TSM can help. You know, if it's helping me, maybe it could have helped them.
0: Absolutely, I. I think even in Dr. Escapa's book, The Cure for Alcoholism, he talks about some friends where they the same type of thing. Like if, if only they knew about this, you know, back then before he lost all of his friends or the friends he mentions to alcoholism, it's it's crazy. And that's part of my motivation for sharing and why I'm so grateful for you sharing your story. It's just because every everything we can do to raise awareness about this, because it's not the frontline treatment, it's not mainstream you know it's truly saving lives, and it's it's amazing how effective it is for the majority of the people. and so i'm I'm grateful to you for sharing your story with me. And you know I know you've kind of been very active in your own Sinclair method journey as far as like you know recording things, writing things down, uh, tracking your progress. Are there things that you feel that really helped you with the success you've had being on this method as long as you have?
1: Yeah, for sure. I would say taking naltrexone every before one hour before every drinking session. So just being sure to follow that to the T. Right. I so I keep a journal, just keep one on my phone and that I write down how many drinks I had per session. And I also okay I don't do this all the time, but the next day or I'll write down uh, what I was feeling prior to the drinking session um, maybe what I'm going through say I had a you know rough day at work or something happens and uh, I'll write down oh so this and this happened at work or got into an argument with my wife or you no know, and then I, I go back and I, I can take a look at all that stuff look at the things I'm I was going through and maybe what I'm feeling and just taking a look at all that stuff while I'm in my journal, I feel like that helps big time. Other tools I use, uh, I I definitely used uh, you as a tool. I met met up with you, Uh, I think it was like once a month, once every couple months, we'd have our uh, TSM sessions online. And uh, that was definitely a help because I feel like it it was important that I had somebody that uh, knew where I was coming from basically and that could that I could tell everything that was going on with me as far as TSM goes. And, uh, and even sent you my journal and just had you look it over. And, uh, it, it was just definitely a help, you know, being able to, cause I kind of felt like, kind of felt like I didn't really have anybody that knew what was going on or to talk to about naltrexone and TSM. And so just having you there was, was a big help that, uh, that I could just, talk to about what was going on and uh my journal and my journey basically other things i would say i try to i exercise more i try to eat more clean i think all that stuff helps too yeah just just staying busy basically
0: i now on the flip side you know were there things that were really challenging for you on the sinclair method
1: i would definitely say that aspect of kind of like missing that feeling uh that alcohol felt like before TSM. So, because it definitely changes the way it feels when you drink. I'm not going to lie. there, There's sometimes maybe there is like this occasional thought in the back of my head where I'm like, I think like, well, what would happen if I drank without the pill? Basically, just that thought of if I would feel that old feeling basically of uh, before TSM. And uh, what really stops me from doing that is when I take a look back at how my drinking was prior to TSM and where I was before, and I don't want to go back to that. So back in January, I, before TSM, I had gotten into a little bit of trouble. I was uh, with drinking and driving, and uh, I got into a fender bender. I ended up taking off, and uh, the police found me later um, for the for a hit and run. Luckily, nobody was hurt and um, nothing came of that. Just that thought that if I didn't take naltrexone, I could fall back into that, to that cycle and that drinking, that uncontrolled drinking, because that scares me, you know, that I could drink and drink until I black out and drive somewhere. And if I were to drive, you know, I, I, I could end up killing somebody next time and I could end up in prison for 10 years you know that just really scares the shit out of me not being able to see my kids and my family and having to sit in a jail cell for 10 years like yeah. that i i don't want to go there and so uh you know definitely when i start kind of getting those thoughts i think back to you know where it could be and my goals i think about those and and so i take my pill and uh i do it every time and You know, luckily those thoughts about, oh, maybe I won't take a pill this time, they're rare and fleeting. And that is something I feel like I can control, you know, being able to just take that pill. So that's what I do.
0: Yeah, it's amazing the consequences of drinking and like myself, I was constantly putting myself in danger with the drinking and we kind of minimize the, the consequences or the risks. But man, they are real. And I feel like the longer you're on the Sinclair Method and you kind of get away of that craving and the need for alcohol it's like you see more clearly how much danger you were putting yourself in and how much of your life you were risking just for drinking um i want to wrap up with one more question and really that's just to ask you joe you know what advice would you have for others who are interested in starting the sinclair method
1: i would definitely just say to uh read the book possibly get a tsm coach do your research once you start just take the pill one hour before drinking every time and don't deviate from that start a journal keep that journal I think that's like just like the most important advice as far as that goes
0: yeah definitely like the fun foundations to the success on this method I think well thank you so much Joe for taking time to speak with me and share your story with everyone um I appreciate you being here yeah thank you Thank you for tuning in to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast. For additional Sinclair Method resources and support, please check out the information in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.